You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 354. This episode is brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scott. And I'm Adam. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the SH Figure Arts Imposter Sailor Moon, the NECA Deluxe Alien Queen reissue, and the DC Collectibles Batman and Catwoman Bombshell Statue. Our discussion topic is a chat with Chelsea from the Gemma Collector community. Adam, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. We're the we're the Stephen Bradburys of the the episode tonight because we had uh, we we're meant to have a foolish house with Ben and Eddie joining us, and Ben uh, was knocked over by work, and Eddie was knocked over by the internet, and so until our yep. special guest joins us shortly, it's just you and me. Hooray! Yay! Well, not yay that they're not here, but yay that we're here, and you've been away. I have. I had three and a half weeks of um, holidays going through the U.S. Uh, so you had three nights in um, San Francisco, a couple of weeks uh-huh. in New York, and three nights in Boston and did all two the things. Two weeks in New York? Yeah, I think it was like three or four days too long, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> what, was the hi- what was the highlight for you? Um, look. It's an unpopular view in our household, but how many times have you ever seen a sea lion's genitals? Because I did. I'm going to say zero. Yeah. Yeah, and so I thought that was a highlight because how many times do you see that in your life? Um, Alcatraz was pretty cool. Um, going to baseball was pretty good. Going to Broadway was pretty good. Um, and, yeah, otherwise just generally wandering around and eating good food was pretty good. Well, uh, I, I also came up with my own little um, custom walking tour of Gossip Girl locations. Uh, I think I got most of the key locations apart from like where people lived and the schools. Uh, but otherwise, what, you know, what, sorry, Gossip Girl. It's what, you know by the that? creators of the OC. It's a show from uh, when did that finish? Oh, I know the two thousand and seven to to twenty fourteen ish. But yeah. So oh, okay. it's where, like, Blake Lively got most, I think, pretty much got her start and things like that. Oh, I did. I have not watched that, but I have offspring. So, yes, finding locations from the show and then wandering around and visiting them. Wow. That's not mm. creepy at all. No, uh, but uh, we also did the Sex in the City tour, like the proper bus tour thing. So oh, that was also done. That, that's, that's cool. I mean, it's a fun it's a fun thing, and I think it's great when – you know, I asked you before the show, like, was this just holiday? And the answer was yes, and that's awesome because holidays, you know, they're under they're underrated. They they need to actually go and do things. Yeah, I'm also extremely happy having a holiday where I just sit at home and do nothing. Oh, true. Yeah, I've been mean, like that. That's my default. Like, I if you know, if I because I I am a, a homebody, um, but then when we do actually you know do do things, I end up like glad that. Glad that I did. You did, do, yeah, yeah. Just like, mm. yeah, this is good. The um, you know, we we went to Singapore a little while ago, and that was one of those things that, you know, it's like, oh well, this is a lot of work to get there, and then you know, not at home, but then glad did it, but also happy to get. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, like the flying to and from the US just kills me every time, and it's the <laughs> least. 
it's like the least possible or the least enjoyable possible way to end a holiday is and then you fly for over a day like for a day and a half yeah pretty crazy so how have you guys been well before i before i answer that fine thank you but before i answer that any uh toy uh discoveries acquisitions sightings of notes from the trip uh, so we did visit a couple of Lego stores in New York. We went to the Times, I think it was one near Times Square-ish, no, near the Flatiron Building, uh, and okay. the one up near FAO Schwartz. So we got to see things like the, um, the $800 Mega uh, Millennium Falcon, uh, oh, the Voltron set, the Stranger Things set, so they were kind of cool. Um, I managed to... Jag uh, an action figure for Eddie, the um, the blaster damage stormtrooper from Star Wars Black. So that's cool. Um, I think like going to a Walgreens was different um, in terms of <laughs> looking through the toy while I was there because it's yeah. just some of them. It's like going to what we have as Kmart in Australia, where you get like well, not so much Kmart, sorry, more like a Coles, where we get like uh, an aisle that has a couple of toys, but it's just like two racks of pegs and not much there. And others it was like, you know, a, a full aisle or two. Um, so that really varied, but that was cool. Um, other than that, you would see like at the comic stores a lot more um, SH figure arts figures, just, you know, most of a full range. So that mm. was really cool as well. That's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, Walgreens is quite an experience. It's a, I mean, you know, the... What it is now is super different from what it was when I was growing up. The and it, it's just a funny, funny, funny smattering of things beyond your kind of drugstore stuff that you expect. Um, but I think it's just the yeah. the volume of them, you know, which makes them the a target for exclusive stuff because they're literally everywhere. They are, yeah. And the the various other named things like Dwayne Reed or whatever it is in New York City is a Walgreens thing. Um, but yeah, just it's almost none of it is actually a pharmacy. No, like it's everything but. And then oh yeah, there's a pharmacy tucked away somewhere in the store. So I suppose it'd be a bit in Australia. I mean, it's not. This is not the same. But if you think about like a Priceline, but with a variety element to it as well. You know where it's yes. got it's you know it's got your kind of you know your beauty your whatever but I think even some of them might have liquor. Is that? Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I was really I was just like, what is, what even is this? You know, like <laughs> basically, it's like a convenience store plus a pharmacy plus maybe some other bits and pieces. But yeah, yeah. I, I think it should be a thing. I think we should have them here. I did when I when the the one that I visited in my um american hometown i know i told this story ages ago but um beverly who worked there at the time said that she was more than happy to come to australia and open the first walgreens here um it's like, well, you, should, <laughs> you, you should really talk to somebody about that <laughs> yeah yeah very very cool that's good okay so i am good uh you know it's uh just saying, yeah, I'm busy is not even noteworthy because, like, you know, that's just a thing. Uh, but I'm actually, uh, at the moment, finding uh, a way to kind of stay happy and relatively relaxed in the busyness. So that is yep. that is good. 
I think that having things like hobbies and not work things are super helpful to make work things fit into a box rather than take over everything. So I shall persist in doing crazy things like this. I had one of my vendors, like, you know, someone that I worked with a fair bit today, you know, I was saying I was doing this tonight and that we were having a special guest because we've got Chelsea from Gemma joining us shortly. And she was like, how on earth do you juggle all these things? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I think the same thing, but ultimately I'm kind of glad I do. So yeah. it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Mm. So um, tonight we, we've been chatting for a while uh, with Chelsea from the Gemma Electric community and she is their community manager and uh, she is going to be joining us just after the break to uh, tell us a bit about what she collects and also a bit about Gemma as well and we're really looking forward to it so let's have a break and then let's talk to Chelsea. He sneaks in and takes him out. But the Flying Queen unmasks him. <sighs> Send in Hicks and the heavily armored EVAC fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. And bottle them. And it's bye-bye bug. Each sold separately. Aliens. Well, we're really excited to have company. And we have Chelsea from the Gemma Collector community here. Uh, Chelsea, thanks so much for joining us on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Listen, tell us a little bit about Gemma, about you as a collector, and how you ended up being able to kind of get paid to do toy stuff for a living. Uh, yeah, so uh, Gemma is a place for collectors to get together. It's basically, think, um, Facebook, but designed only for collectors. Um, there's none of that politics. You don't have to worry about if you post your giant collection of Marvel Legends figures that people are going to judge you or think, what the heck, because that's kind of been my experience my entire life. I show off my giant collection of, I'm really into Alien, for instance, and um, you put that up online and people are like, okay, you spend your salary on toys, cool. But I found <laughs> out about Gemmer. Um, I found out about Gemmer, and it was created by people who are just like me, who have these big collections um, of toys, of comic books, of whatever happens to be their passion. And they got together and said, hey, we need a space. And so created this amazing app where you can show off your collection and talk with people who get it. And so, of course, I went, I can do that for a living. And I reached out, ended up working there, have been for a couple years now, and it's been amazing to watch the community grow. Um, but as for me, I got into collecting when I was really, really young. I um, fell in love with monsters and Godzilla from probably about the time I could walk. And so I started out collecting things <laughs> like um, Jurassic Park and the little, like, rubber knockoff Godzilla figures because I was a child and didn't know better. Um, and then <laughs> as I got older, <laughs> I moved into the bigger lines like the SH Monster Arts and um, NECA for Alien and uh, all, a, a lot more of the, the collector-focused lines instead of um, the toys. But I have been collecting basically my entire life and don't see the obsession stopping anytime soon. My uh, er early days of my 
action figure collecting and my wife was like so so when when do you have them all when when does this finish and i and i was like oh yeah i don't and now she's just kind of given up yeah the resignation <laughs> has set in yeah my husband's yeah. about the same he's uh at first he was like so where are you gonna put them and i went well it'll it'll stay in my office and he's uh-huh. given up on that as well <laughs> yeah 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 it takes a I mean, like, if you have a partner like Adam does, who's kind of into similar things, you know, I think it's it's one thing, you know. And but like my my wife is, uh, she's not a super like visual person, and so I don't I think you know she's more like, you know, likes to read or listen, and so comic books and following along with speech bubbles and things, it's just not really her thing. And even after all these years, she she can Aquaman's my guy. She can. Nine times out of ten, identify Aquaman. That's about it. <laughs> so, so, you know, it takes a real, I think, a very patient person to deal with us collector people. <laughs> yeah, my my husband yeah. likes all the nerdy stuff, so I'm I'm very lucky in that. He's just a minimalist, and so having oh, figures wow. everywhere, and so he he prefers to collect like art prints and things like that, which you can put on the wall and they stay in their space. But having shelves full of collectibles, he's kind of like this is chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in my office setting up dioramas. So wow, <laughs> that's very very cool. <laughs> and so, what are the origins of Gemma? How did it come about? Uh, yeah, so it was actually originally founded by uh, a couple guys who were antique lovers, and they wanted to have a place where they could show off their antiques. But as they built Gemma, they realized that. The people who needed Gemmer most were pop culture collectors and people who were into uh, comics and action figures because they really wanted community. Um, we we want to be able to talk about the stuff we love with people who love it as much as we do because, as we've mm-hmm. just said, you know, even our spouses sometimes can't be that person. Um, and so over the last couple of years, it's really developed and grown into this. Um, I, I I kind of call it a collector paradise where I'll go, I'll get something new, I'll take it out and take some photos and have a conversation with someone else who's like, man, I've been looking at that figure. What do you what do you think about this particular thing I've been hearing about? And I can have a conversation and say, yeah, you know, we all kind of know about NECA's QC issues. Here was what I saw in this figure. Um, but... Mm. It's, it's been a really, really cool experience watching that grow and begin to flourish because we are still kind of a, a baby company, but the app has gotten to the point where it's just, in, it's easy to use and everybody involved in the project is so passionate about collecting that um, we're working every day to make it easier and, and faster and better for collectors so that um, everyone can have the experience they're looking for and create their digital shelf. Mm. Having kind of jumped in and had a look, I saw the kind of range of communities, etc. And I, I really like that concept because I, I hear what you're saying, that there are times where, I mean, let's go back 10 years and there were a lot of forums. I mean, that's how we started. We Action Figure Blues was originally my blog, then it became a forum, then podcast. Our forum still exists, but our Facebook community has a, a, a bigger following. But it is still, unless you, th- that community that we have on the forum and on Facebook is kind of a contained thing where we know people and we there's some kind of self-management of it. But 
we still have pretty broad interests. And I really liked what I saw about how specific some of the communities were because some people aren't into everything. They're just into collecting plush Disney things. <laughs> and yeah. I, I noticed that in there and really liked that element of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the clubs really was uh, something that we all wanted as collectors because, as I said, I'm into kaiju, I'm into alien and predator, and more of the monstrous side. Um, I love Marvel Legends, I love Star Wars, I love... Um, I, I, I love all of the, the comic book side, but really my passion is in the giant monsters um, destroying cities and people. But, you know, <laughs> everybody's people. got their and thing. It's and people. very life-affirming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because of that, it allows me to find that group of people who are just as into it as I am, and I can have, you know, a conversation mm-hmm. about the difference in the the biological and the kind of industrial nature of the prequel aliens versus the original run of movies and the people in the alien club get that and it creates it it really makes it makes me anyways feel like I'm in a place that I can be myself without having to kind of withhold the nerdy side of me Hmm. I never bother <laughs> Depends where I am and what company. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, I think because I like you know I've uh, work in in IT and products and stuff, and so people kind of expect you to be a, a geeky nerd anyway. So it would be remiss of me to not have like toy crap on my desk. You know, but no, I, I get what you're saying, and um, you know that that that's very cool. What is the what's the kind of membership? How you what sort of numbers of users do you have on the platform yeah um it depending on what community you're in of course uh the numbers are going to be different but overall we have almost six hundred thousand people using the gemmer using gemmer and using the app um so it's a huge community it's always growing mm-hmm. um and every day we see people becoming more and more um active in the community we've seen friendships grow people have um, we've seen what one one person. Um, I'm going to give a shout out here. Thousandth Ghost has ten thousand items. He's a Funko collector who's a completionist and owns just about. Everything. <laughs> it's incredible, like wow. ten thousand pieces. He's got walls built up of his collection and just wow. really cool guy and. The community loves him, and pe- and people come together to talk about it because it's so amazing to see someone with that much passion. And honestly, I wish I had that sort of budget for my collection. So when when all the Funko Pups end up in landfill, we'll name one of the biggest uh, mountains after him. Is that yeah, the absolutely? Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. No, I, I've got a plan. I have a plan for them because I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago. My wife's uh, kids at my wife's school, one of the classes are collecting plastic bottle tops because apparently they can be recycled into prosthetic limbs for uh, kids that need them. And I was like, well, that's the future of, of pops. Once you know they go the way of the Beanie Baby, I'm, which may not happen. I love them. But you keep thinking, surely they can't last forever. But when, you know, when, when they do, um, they, they can become prosthetic limbs. And you don't have to melt them down completely. They can have like the little Iron Man head on them or something. I think it would be awesome. No, what you could that do, 
is you could actually just like I've yeah. seen people doing it with Legos. You'd put them in like a, a resin bowl and then or, and then you know work it on a lathe into an actual bowl or in this case a, a leg or an arm. So it's actually just got whole figures and parts of figures in the arm. Have you seen the video of the guy who repairs things with ramen noodles? No, that sounds excellent, but he, I don't know how you. How do you it, not just no, eat no, the thing that you're repairing? <laughs> well, no, they're. What? No, he repairs like a bathroom sink or something. Yeah, but then like, you, but you're like, repairing like, it with noodles, and then I'd be going, ah, oh, there's noodles in that now, no, and no, I'd want to go like, and eat the sink. He, he uses, he you, okay. Let's think about what normal people <laughs> the um the he uses it as like the filler and sands it off and then paints it over and it looks brand new. He, he did a car, he did like a porcelain thing, whatever. It's 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 stunning. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I don't think normal people repair things with ramen noodle, but I get where you're coming from. I would just eat the noodles because it would be a waste. Okay. See, this is disturbing because then we don't want people eating prosthetic limbs. That would really defeat the purpose. Like, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and, and and so your role within Gemmer is is what Chelsea. Um, I do a lot of things because we're, as I said, kind of, kind of little, quickly growing. Um, I do a lot of the blog writing. Everything's a startup. So you're, you're we are, we are a startup. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're growing fast, but, um, I do a lot of the blog writing. I, um, work with all of our, our guest bloggers who, um, are either people who've been writing about action figures and comics for a long while or people from the fr- from Gemmer who are really really passionate and really focused um we have a girl uh SA Norton who's just the biggest pokemon fanatic you've ever seen and she's got j- just a wealth of knowledge which i could never touch and so we asked her to come on and write for us because we saw what she was providing was so valuable that we asked her to blog for us. So I do a lot of that. Um, I do community outreach. I do um, some more technical stuff. I make Google like us, um, which is a difficult <laughs> and magical thing, which I think no and one ever really shifting. understands. Ever shifting. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like yeah. Yeah. It's a chasing, chasing a unicorn, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Never going to catch it. And most people think you're crazy <laughs> for trying. Uh, yes. Yep. So I, I do a little bit of everything, but primarily um, I, I do a lot of writing. I, I do a lot of research and um, I it's just it's been a real source of joy for me. I love going to work every day because I get to talk to people about their collections and see mm-hmm. really, really awesome photos. And it's just I, I love what I do. I think this is. Uh, one of the great things about the internet is that it has given uh, people of all, you know, interests and walks of life, etc., the ability to connect with other people with really niche interests. And it, you know, it's it's not just about being able to talk about the the thing that you really love. It's also, you know, recognizing, oh, okay, well, I'm not I'm not weird because I like this. There's lots of other people that like this as well, you know, that, that, you know, are into it in a way that other people might find obsessive or uh, whatever. And and that's a good normalizing um, thing because it is a way, you know, like as a, as a kid of the eighties, you know, we, I I was 
not I wasn't part of the kind of you know Dungeons and Dragons um, crew, but you know the, the the kids that kind of knew comic books and that sort of stuff. We were pretty nerdy. You know, like <laughs> careful um, what you say. I am part of the Dungeons and Dragons crew. No, I'm saying, but I'm saying like in the, the, the Dungeons and Dragons school in in uh, ninth grade in like 1984. Oh, that yeah. was not I, a crew that that was not a crew that you wanted to be a part of if you wanted a social not. standing or a life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's it's it was a different time. Yeah. So you uh, were also have a recent acquisition that you are gonna give us a little mini review of. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I've been collecting the NECA Alien line off and on for a while. Um, when the original release of the Deluxe Alien Queen came out, I watched some reviews and heard some things which I went, do I want it, do I not, do I want it, do I not? And I did that little collector dance long enough that it shot up in price and was no longer something I really wanted to drop the money on. But they did this yes. re-release. And usually when NECA does a re-release, they do some retooling, they do some work to try and fix the complaints people had. Not always. Um, so I figured now's the time to jump. I might as well. Otherwise, I'm going to do the dance again and it will be back up to the prices I don't want to pay. Um, mm -hmm. So I went to Big Bad Toy Store because my local comic shop hadn't gotten it back in yet. I did a pre-order and I watched my pile of loot grow um, because I set it there until I had enough to make it worth them shipping it to me. So um, I got it in and I have to say I've been really, really glad I did because this is the single largest action figure in my collection. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, it stands about 15 inches tall and if you stretch it out straight, which I never do because the tail is incredibly flexible, um, it's about 30 inches long. So it is wow. just wow. absolutely massive. Um, and it is in scale with the rest of their alien lines. So if you set up a diorama with the, uh, with the drones and the warriors, it will sit in scale with them. Um, so I guess I'll start at the head and work my way back. Uh, this thing has so much articulation, it's silly. Um, the jaw is fully articulated and has beautiful, beautiful translucent plastic. Um, I do have a minor complaint, though. It comes with two mouths, a uh, the second set of jaws, which sits inside of the mouth, and then an extended jaw. But the way they set it up, unfortunately, has the, the place you put the jaws in angle slightly upwards so it hits the front teeth and they don't want to stay in very well so that that kind of is a ding for me i often display it with either the short mouth or the mouth closed just because it's such a hassle um but it looks really good even without the second mouth in so i don't really want to knock it too much because of that um there is a uh, ball joint at the neck and then a uh, secondary joint just above it for the for the head, so that when you're shifting it, it doesn't uh, jam because it's such a complicated headpiece. The crest uh, also slides forward so that 
you can recreate the moment in Aliens where when the queen first appears, her face slides out from underneath it, which is really cool. Um, It only looks good in one position when you do this, but I think that's okay because most of the time you aren't going to want to display it with a crest forward anyways. There is Mm -hmm. a ball joint in the middle of the neck and then a uh, another joint at the shoulders so you get a lot of head movement despite the crest being probably a third of the figure um the only complaint i have with that is uh the back they put her spines as secondary pieces so you have to slot each and every one of them in but (laughs) when you move the crest because when you slot them in, they are on small ball joints on her back. The crest sweeps them off. So you basically oh pose her, <laughs> knock the spines off, and then have to put them back on. Um, so that Or lose is, them. Or lose yeah, them. They're thankfully yeah. about... The, the smallest one, I'd say, is about three inches long. So they're harder to lose than, okay. I'd say, Marvel Legends hands. But... Yes, um, okay. They, <laughs> But they are um, they are able to be lost because of that. So once you get her posed, she's pretty okay. It's pretty stable. But that process of posing, uh, you you'll you'll be back and forth pulling them in and out. Um, her first set of arms, the big arms, have a uh, swivel at the shoulder and then a ball joint. You can move them into any position. Um, the elbow has a swivel as well as a um, joint, so that you can pose that in any position, which is really cool um, because there are a lot of really intense poses from the movies and they give you just enough extra arm movement in her that you can pose her. Even uh, my favorite moment in Aliens is when she comes crawling out of the elevator at the end um, because it's this old giant... Spoilers. Old spoilers. Uh, well, yeah. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. Um, we, but no, we, call, we call them old spoilers. Yeah, they're, old they're, spoilers. But you still... It's, yeah, people complain about everything, so you got to get you know old spoiler yeah. warning. Yeah. Old spoiler, um, but mm-hmm. sh- it's you that the hands uh, have a swivel as well as a joint which goes very far back and very far forward, so you can get just some incredibly creepy poses out of her mm-hmm. arms. Um, the second set of arms have a um, ball joint and a and a, a full bend at the shoulder. I, I say that quote unquote because it's coming out of her chest. So I don't know if that really counts. Um, same yeah. with the elbow there and the wrist has the same amount of movement despite being half the size as the full sized hand, uh, which is really nice. So even the little arms have full posing. Um, the, there is a, a, joint at her uh ch- at her abs but it really doesn't do much um i don't like playing with it much just because for one it doesn't move much and you don't want to scrape the paint so i leave that one alone um but it's there it exists uh the hmm. hips again uh have a swivel and have a lot of range of motion they don't go in and out too much but um forward and back you get full range of motion and um it doesn't really impact with any part of her body because she's an alien and not a person. So you don't have to worry about, uh, losing, losing movement. Uh, knee has a, a double joint and a swivel. So you get a really nice range of movement there. There's the secondary kind of dog style joint, which has the same amount of movement. You get that full backward and forward and the swivel 
And then the ankle, again, full backward and forward, and a swivel. It's a little, uh, it's got a little bit less range of motion than the knees, but with the knees having so much, you get plenty of movement. And then a toe joint and a toe um, swivel so that you can pose her in just about any position. Um, the articulation on this thing is honestly insane. And one of the things that makes up for all that weird little stuff with the head and the uh, spines on the back. There is a uh, ball joint at the tail, and then it bends all the way back um, until right before the spike tip. So uh, you can pose it in just about any position, and it looks fantastic. Um, comes with two stands, a clear V base, uh, two metal rods, and then a rest for the neck and a rest for more towards the chest. I find the yeah. chest one kind of hard to pose with, so I usually use the the neck rest. Uh, but she's too big to stand up on her own in any meaningful way, so you really have to use the stand she comes with or uh, make your own if you want something that's a little bit less intrusive to your display. I mm. really, really enjoy posing her. She looks great on my shelf. I... A lot of times I'll have a figure out for a while and then uh, put it away, but she's one of the ones I think is going to stay out just because she's so much fun to play with. There's so much articulation and so many cool poses you can set her up into that um, I think she's going to be on my desk for a long time just because I want to play with her and I really like the look. You must have a big desk. I have a desk with like a big shelf above it. And so she oh, sits cool. on the big shelf above it, and then I can pull her down and play with it. You know, what I love about Alien is that lots of monster movies either main utility by just being really suspenseful and never really revealing the whole monster. Um, but and often then when in films where they do show you the whole thing, it kind of just gets silly and loses its effectiveness. Whereas in this, you know, you do not seeing the whole thing is terrifying, but seeing the whole thing is also terrifying. And that that's, I think, the thing that makes the, the Aliens uh, movies so awesome. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I think it's that there's this visceral fear of something which turns us into just a temporary host. And that it becomes better than us and stronger than us. And what I really loved about Alien and uh, Old Spoiler was that the <laughs> monsters weren't really the worst thing in the movie. And it turns out that human nature and human greed was really the bigger threat. Um, I also am a huge, huge Ripley fan. I mean, she was one of the first female action heroes to really mm -hmm. get that spotlight and get treated with the same intensity of the, um, of, of the male action heroes of the era. And that she was just such an awesome presence that um, she carried the series for years. And mm. I also, one of the things I really loved about aliens is they took this terrifying monster and even though you already knew what it was, the fact that you hardly ever see it, the fact that when you do see it, it's only for a short period of time, it maintains that horrifying nature. And when you, the queen is finally 
revealed. It's such a massive presence, and it takes this already terrifying thing and makes it that much more unstoppable. It's just such mm-hmm. a powerful move, uh, moment. And that's why, really, the queen kind of became my favorite, because she is this giant, unstoppable force. And mm. just, I, I don't know, there's something about the design and and the movement in, in the creature that just really stuck with me. Hmm. It's, uh, I, I did a little bit of research while you're chatting and back in this is episode 354 back in episode 163 uh ben reviewed the original so if you want to compare uh the uh review chelsea's review of the reissue to the original and i i don't remember his rating i do remember that he had some niggles and there were some you know issues with that first piece so it's a it's a huge like undertaking to uh, uh engineering wise to kind of make something like this work so um yeah. but yeah that's back in 2015 adam wow. was barely born the interesting thing awesome so the interesting thing for me is because it's the queen they haven't done a whole lot of accessories that go with it whereas normally when they do like the deluxe versions you, or it's really like more the ultimates, right? Where you go and get all the accessories that they've done that go with that figure. So, from that perspective, are you at all upset that you didn't get a whole bunch of packings? You know, I think it would have been there. There would have been a couple really cool things they could have added, which would have been um, a couple eggs because yep. that's a mm. major thing, and then um, the egg sack that she is seen uh, with in the aliens movie at her first appearance. And I think that's something a lot of fans have been clamoring for, for ages. I just think it's a, it it would be this big translucent package. It would probably have to be its own thing. The box is already just enormous with it. And it's, it's got a beautiful window box. NECA is pretty good about a nice display on their, on their figures, but I think with those two things, it would be an ultimate figure, but because it's just a deluxe, I'm not too upset. And because it is so mm. just unbelievably large already, adding things to it that would make it bigger, I think would make it real hard to display too. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. There are things I really would have liked to see, but I'm not super upset that I didn't get them because going in, I, I knew I wasn't going to. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I guess because it is a deluxe and not an ultimate. Um, I mean, it's also freaking huge. So yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like um, there's there's got to be that it's going to pump up the price the more the stuff that you add in. So that I get I get that for sure. Uh, so you know we do dolly ratings on this show, yep. which is our our one to ten. So if you had to give this a dolly rating, uh, what would it be? I, I think my Dolly rating would be 7 out of 10. Again, really fun to pose, really, really intimidating presence in a display, well in scale, but um, the issues with the mouth and the issues with the spine are a little frustrating to deal with when you're playing with it, when you're setting it into um, some of the crazy poses that you can get it into. So, yeah, 7 out of 10. Cool. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for chatting to us, and uh, you know, it's really great to hear a different uh, collector reviewing things. It's really great to hear about opportunities for 
collectors to come together as well. So Gemmer is Gemmer.com, G-E-M-R. Yep, yep. Gemmer.com, and, and it's also an iOS and Android app, so you can find it in the Play Store or the App Store, just G-E-M-R. And as well as the community side, there's a you know the ability for you to organize your own collection side. Yeah, you you can yeah. add your items, you can categorize them by collections, you can organize them so that you have them in whatever way you want to display them, and it provides you a way to keep track of your stuff. Um, I know I can't display all of my things, so it's nice to be able to put them up on Gemmer and have them organized in a way where I know what I have. So if I end up at a store and I see something really cool and I go... I don't remember whether or not I bought that already. I can pull up my Gemmer <laughs> app. I can I can go through my collection and go, wait, yes, I already picked up that version of this. I don't need to get another one. And I who would ever buy something they already have? Hey. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I I'm I'm so bummed that Ben couldn't be here tonight. A because he's our alien guy, um, but but B because he's our um, yeah, master Excel organizer person who has sheets of everything you know both his uh comics and toys um that you know he manages meticulously and uh i i need something visual uh that is more app based it's kind of like where would you where i have to i will have to start with particular lines because it is that thing where you know things like you know things like i collect uh statues and you know you you don't you don't accidentally double up on a statue that you bought before, you know, um, um, but, uh, but sometimes it's more, you know, things in that kind of figure space. Like I'm in Sydney at the moment. I love the DC collectibles, Batman animated, um, figures and I have most of them, but there were a few that I have missed. And I saw a bunch today on sale, um, at King's comics. And then I was like, Oh, I'm not sure if I, have that or not like you know, it's, um, so yeah. being able to kind of pull up something on the phone and go oh yeah i do have that you know so yeah so and would either save, or save me missing out on something yeah well and another awesome thing we did is um we added wanted items so you can see you can add the entire line and the ones you don't have is wanted items so as you're scrolling through you can even see the ones nice. you're missing and you want them and once you have it you just go in and hit got it and it switches it over to an item you have Cool. Oh, amazing. Amazing. That's fantastic. Hey, look, thank you so much again. Um, is, yeah, I really appreciate you. Me. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure of time zones. I hope you didn't have to get up too super early to talk to us in the Australian evening. Um, yeah, but we, we appreciate you making the um, effort, and we would love to have you come back and chat again and review something else sometime. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me. It was a, it was a blast. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks. Um, We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back and Adam is going to talk about something that he uh, either bought. Well, I hope he paid for it um, (laughs) or shoplifted. Yeah. Only the best shoplifting. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. 
X-Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X-Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Sailor Moon and her friends can save Earth from destruction. Moon power! Sailor Moon! Sailor Mars! Sailor Mercury! Sailor Venus! Sailor Jupiter! Quick, girls! To the rescue! Sailor Moon Adventure Dolls, each sold separately. Well, we have a couple of reviews to do after that great chat with Chelsea, and Adam is going to go first, and he is taking a bit of a break from Dragon Ball to go back to Sailor Moon. Huzzah! Review. Thank you, Scotty. So, yes, uh, I will be reviewing tonight the SH Figure Arts uh, Nisei Sailor Moon, uh, otherwise translated as Imposter Sailor Moon, um, and for anyone that's seen this era of Sailor Moon, which... I haven't. Um, it's when the evil Zoocyte uh, impersonates Sailor Moon, um, and basically it's it's a really cheap way for Bandai to go about making another figure. Um, so this... <laughs> wow, what a cynical introduction! I'm uh, sure they never think about things like that. You don't, you don't think there was any consideration about the cost that went into this? No, I don't think there might have been. No. So this is uh, the 2015 SDCC exclusive, um, and I acquired mine in 2019 because I totally forgot that this had happened, um, and then when I, well, back when it would have happened, I would have gone, ah, yeah, con exclusive, sure, can't find access to it, not going to go and pay scalper prices on eBay, not going to pay someone to, or not going to pre-order uh, via eBay and then get shafted by unethical persons. Um, so I saw it come up, I think, late last year. Uh, it was going for, uh, I think, about $60 US. Um, and I went, yeah, fine, why not? Let's let's have one of those. Thanks for uh, encouraging my various conditions that forced me to just buy things compulsively, uh, Big Bad Toy Store. And, and that's how I came by it. Um, I have noticed that at the moment, Big Pad Toy Store have it for uh, 51 US, so that's about 15% off. Um, so if that sale is continuing at the time that this episode goes up and you are interested, give them a look. So the figure itself, well, we'll start with the box, because we like talking about boxes on this show. Um, <laughs> the normal SH Figure Arts for Sailor Moon, much like every other SH Figure Arts, is a window box. Um, as I turn around and look in my room... They typically have kind of the the three quarter windowy type situation. Uh, they have art showing the figure. I don't think they really showed um, any art related to the show or the the manga series, so that was fine. This box is different in that it is not a window box. It's a solid cardboard box. Um, the whole of the front is taken up with the name of the figure, which is you know. In the background behind the uh, primary photo of the figure, you have all your little um, Comic-Con exclusive type things on there. There's a 20th uh, anniversary um, logo for Sailor Moon up there. Um, again, on the back of a figure arts, you normally expect to see a whole lot of different posing uh, options, normally with 
a big one and then a couple of smaller ones showing different things you could do with a figure, how different portraits work or different accessories work. Again, in this case, it's um, realistically, it's a reproduction of the image on the front uh, with a picture of the little lunar figure that you get as a pack-in. And the one side has another different pose um, shown. So from that perspective, it's nice that it's different for an exclusive. I don't know that it's better, um, but that's how that is. The other thing that immediately becomes apparent when you open this figure is, unlike a normal figure out, so you have the coloured card that sits behind the, um, the, the multitude of trays. This does not have the coloured card. Uh, because coloured card is really to, to give a nice backing um, burst of colour for the figure with the window display. So mm. from that perspective, you just have your figure tray, um, and then behind that you have your dolly instructions. Um, having a quick squeeze at the dolly instructions for this one, um, the thing that I like about this set of instructions, because I don't normally talk about the instructions, is the actual pictures of the portraits that shows all of the different portrait options, and uh, they are actually drawings of the faces, and it shows the differences between each face, which is nice to see. So when you get to the trays, it's kind of fairly standard. You have the top tray that keeps the figure and very, very fits and bobs inside the bottom tray, so it's essentially your cover. This is a return, again, going back to 2015 figure, um, this is a return to the good old days of uh, Sailor Moon figure arts, where you had your portraits in this uh, separate little tray. So it's actually a separate removable tray that also has its own tray cover. So it's very hard to lose the portraits collectively. Um, you can definitely lose one or two of them or, you know, all. I guess you could lose all of them when you open up that second little tray. But at least it's because you're playing with portraits, not because you're playing with something else. Uh, the other thing is that the extra hands are on the totem poles, um, which I always thought was a fantastic solution for not losing hands, except uh, mm. that it's a, probably a really big, clunky way of um, dealing with hands on bigger figures, and even on the smaller figures, they've gotten rid of it, um, and it's a fair chunk of plastic to dedicate to that, but I think it's a really good idea. It's really convenient for organising them, and... It's almost impossible to lose all your hands by just opening the tray and, and having a bit of an oops moment um, all at once. So I'm really happy to see that again. Again, it's a 2015 released figure, so it's old tech that no longer exists. Uh, we have lost it to the, the dark ages that we now live in, um, and we will never <laughs> see it's like on this earth in the future. Mm, uh, yeah, very sad. Onto the figure itself. So I said that this is, uh, you know, it's, it's a cheap way to produce a figure, and it really is. Um, the base figure, and it's a lot, it basically goes throughout the Sailor Moon line. It's the standard Sailor Senshi um, dough. So it's, sorry, mate. I'm sorry. It's the stupid thing. I lost you at cheap way of producing, so can you just go back yep. and try that sentence again? Easy. In five, four, Three, now, onto the figure itself. As I said, um, this is a fairly cheap way for Bandai to make another figure. It's a cheap way to make an exclusive, which I guess is probably a good thing um, from their perspective. So it's the base Sailor Senshi uh, dough, which is what's been used across the Sailor Moon line. So you've got, you know, the, the uh, 
schoolgirl in Fugu. I think that's the correct term for the the uniform. Um, it's essentially <laughs> the the exact same figure. Fugu. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is a correct yeah. technical term for the schoolgirl outfit. Um, okay. In Japanese. Good to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's the Sailor Moon figure, right? Um, the pink slash red highlights in terms of the bow, the elbows, um, and the, the by the bow, I mean the front and the back bow, um, the little neck choker thing, and the boots are now purple. Um, I can't recall if Sailor Moon had the half moons on her boots, um, the way they are here, but they're upside down. Um, the ball in the centre of the bow is slightly different, so there's a little bit of detailing work that's happened there that's different. Otherwise, the base figure is the same. The um, pony or pigtail ponytails that come down from the barrettes, um, I think they're the same. They feel, on this figure, fractionally less articulated. They feel stiffer. I'm not willing to play with that too much um, because I'm concerned about breaking them. And the... Mm. Um, big long ponytail strand bits are somewhat translucent. I can't remember whether they were translucent or not in the original. They definitely were by the time we got to um, Super Sailor Moon. So mm, mm. that's the base figure. I'll talk about articulation things as we go on. The other key difference, uh, at least as it comes out of the box, is that it's a different portrait because it's the, um, the zoocyte face. So it's kind of that cruel looking face the eyes are a bit more cruel and sinister looking uh the mouth is more kind of a thin line um not really a smirk but just kind of that you know like cruel evil type smile um and Mm. the figure otherwise is the same and so what that means yes you have uh the articulated pigtails where they come out of the barrettes um she has a ball-jointed head atop of a ball-jointed neck at the base. Um, this was, I think, around the time that I started realising that the necks were ball-jointed at the base. They're very stiff in the Sailor Moon figures. Um, I tend not to try and force them to move because I'm worried about breaking things. The shoulders are a... Mm, they are a, kind of a butterfly setup. so there's a ball-joint into the abdomen and a ball-joint into the... Um, shoulder with a peg in between. The elbows are just a straight disc. Um, wrists are ball jointed. The abdomen, so there's uh, just under the bosoms, there is a ball joint there. There is no articulation at the waistline. The skirt, um, and this is one of the things I think is really good about this line, is the skirt is not a single solid piece. It has a split on each side, just uh, kind of just behind the centre of the hip so that um, it blends in well with the pleating. You can't really see it unless you're looking for it, that there's a, a gap. But that gap allows you to put the legs out into a, pretty much a, a full Van Damme split. Um, not quite because the, the actual hip joints don't allow it or, you know, do a high kick in front. Um, and that's not a problem, which I think is fantastic. Skirts, mm-hmm. are, skirts are one of those things that really get in the way of articulation most of the time. So it's always nice to see... Mm. Um, it dealt with. Uh, probably helps that it's kind of a, a micro mini um, skirt rather than a, a knee length skirt. The hips are a ball joint. This is nothing new. Um, 
There is actually... Ooh, the ball joint actually goes into um, essentially the top of the hip, and then there's another that's basically ball jointed onto the top of the thigh. So you, I don't know that that gets you a whole range more articulation. It probably does rather than if it was just a ball joint into the top of the thigh because you'd then be limited to um, the top of the thigh touching things. The knee is just a disc mm. and the ankle is a ball joint. So one of the criticisms that I've long had for this line is that the feet uh, being a boot essentially um, are almost impossible, particularly with the ball joint as it stands, as, as it exists, to balance the figure in any kind of dynamic pose without using a figure stand. Um, that's still pretty much the case, and it does come on the figure stand, so I'm okay with that. Um, other than that, you know, it's pretty much ba the same standard thing. Um, the skirt is not moulded in plastic. It's a rubber-moulded thing and is attached afterwards um, by, I assume, some level of glue around the waist. So that's not disappointing. That's fine. Um, so the other pack-ins that we get, there are four alternate pay uh, five, four, no. three, two, hang on, I don't say the twin one, five, four, no. three. In terms of uh, accessories, there are a number of different uh, portraits and hands, which is not really a surprise, particularly since I've already said so. Um, the, the alternate portraits that come with this are not um, specific to this this particular variant, like they're, they're all just standard Sailor Moon ones. They are all things that we got on the original. Um, we've basically traded out from the original um, the sad slash crying face and the winking face. Uh, they're not there, but instead we've got the, the uh, Zoosite face, which is the default. So you get one fewer portraits and you are missing two portraits that you would have gotten with the base. Uh, hands, um, I think we lost an extra splayed fingers hand, uh, we gained an extra one for holding one of the other accessories, um, which is a boomerang. We still have mm. the two splay open finger hands, uh, we still have the Doctor Strange fingers hand, we still have the pointing gun trigger type you know, if you make a gun with your hand and go pew, pew, pew. Um, we still have punchy hands. We still have kind of the out or reaching outwards hand. We still have the victory hand. Uh, we still have a hand for holding the moon stick. There are still two moon sticks. So there is one with the silver crystal and one without. I have a suspicion that some of the detail on the moon stick has changed as well in line with the changing to uh, the centerpiece of her bow on her chest. Um, I have not confirmed that because I think that's pretty fine detail. Um, we hmm. also got... Ah, uh-huh. Oh, oh, now it makes sense. I don't know that we did lose um, one of those, the splayed finger hand. I think that the splayed finger hand was actually attached to the um, Tiara Moon attack piece, uh, which we've got another one okay. on here. And so I think we've actually kept that. That's not a loss. Um, so okay. we've got all of those. We've got a figure stand. And I really, really like this figure stand. So the the Sailor Moon figure stands for the girls have all had, um, well, at least for the Sailor Scouts, have all had kind of the, the name of the character and then it, the, the base is a love heart. 
and um, kind of astrological symbols for whatever heavenly body they're associated with. So if it's Mars, it's whatever the the astrological symbol for Sorry, Mars is. Dropped out again just at the start of that sentence. I think about bases. Okay. In five, four, three. So the figure stand for this one, I really like. The um, figure stands for Sailor Moon figures for the Sailor Scouts anyway uh, are all love heart shaped with the name of the character and then the astrological symbol for that character. So if you're Sailor Mars, you get the astrological symbol for Mars um, and the name of your character, etc. So for this one, uh, it has a, it's all in purple in terms of the, the printed text. It has a Nisei Sailor Moon on it and it has the uh, crescent moon in purple. Then it has kind of, um, instead of nice, clean, sparkly, pretty lines and all that kind of stuff, it still has kind of the little sparkly stars and whatever on there. But the flourish lines around it are all kind of crookedy, jagged looking things, so they look a bit, um, a bit more cartoon, evil, kind of like you would expect on uh, a Zelda game for, mm-hmm. for some kind of Zelda indication that it was an evil thing uh, for those that aren't uh, trying to work out what I'm, I'm trying to convey from a different uh, property. Um, so I think that's a nice touch. Uh, the other thing that you get, we've talked about um, the moon sticks, there's a boomerang um, attack piece, and there is a lunar. So the original came with a lunar as well, which is um, Sailor Moon's companion cat. And she is still stunningly uh, nice dark black grey kind of colour. Um, the thing that's different here is that Luna has a shocked face rather than just a kind of happy standard default Luna face, um, which is a variant piece as well. Uh, criticisms of this would be that the neck, so the neck is a, essentially just a ball joint, um, and that's sculpted in white plastic, and you can see it under the head, um, depending on how you position the head. But to avoid seeing it, you basically have to have the head looking down so that it covers the joint the whole time, um, which doesn't always really work depending on where you have the figure in relation to where you're standing. Um, so it's a ball-jointed head. Mm. There's a ball-jointed tail, which is really just ball-jointed at the base other than that it's a solid cast piece and the other thing that i hadn't noticed compared to um the first time or that i didn't notice the first time around is um luna is very pear-shaped so it's kind she's got a fairly narrow shoulders but then she's got a big old badonkadonk butt um i'm not <laughs> sh- i'm not sure that that's accurate but okay that's the look they're going with um clearly so overall i think you still get plenty of stuff uh you get plenty of good stuff i think this is one of those characters where in a line where to date this is the second uh villain that we've had i don't know that we should be expecting any more figures at all in this line um so from that perspective it's nice to have another villain um I get that this was an exclusive, so that bumps the price up a bit. I think $59, $60 US 
is maybe a little bit much. Um, I'm comparing this to the original Sailor Moon, which had more really in pack-ins, was $35 US. Um, but then the other villain that we've had, which was Black Lady, uh, she was $53 US, but had a lot more unique sculpting uh, and quite a different variety of um, packings. And some of her effects were big pieces as well. Um, so, yeah, it's probably justified in terms of the price, really based on it having been an exclusive. Um, I think if you have no real interest in having a villain um, or and you're not being completionist about the line, I would give this one a pass and say collect one of the other Sailor Moon uh, options, which will at least guaranteed blend in with the rest of your Sailor Scouts. Um, if you don't have a range of Sailor Scouts and you just want a Sailor Moon figure, then just get a Sailor Moon figure. Um, but if you are either being completionist or looking for a villain for the Sailor Scouts to face off against, you really only have two choices. Um, so, mm. from that perspective, I think it's a good figure. Um, I think it's just one of those, yeah, you can tell this is reused out the wazoo um but it's been done well we haven't really lost a lot in terms of it would have been easy to just go nah you're just getting the base figure and that's the end of year um mm -hmm. so i think this is probably worth six out of ten um there's not really any qc issues there's a couple of little bits of paint slop um it's nothing really noticeable when it's typically um either the standard where they've had problems with the white top of the skirt matching into the coloured pleating of the skirt um, and a couple of little bits of slop around the top of the boots that where there's white paint um, meeting coloured paint, um, mm -hmm. which is kind of the, the go-to fault on any of the Sailor Moon figures. Uh, yeah, so I think a six mm. is probably warranted. Sounds free to me. Mm. So... I mean, is is this something where there, there are times where a reuse it makes total sense, like it is a actual, really accurate version of a different you know, of a a character, and then times where it's really grasping. So, you know, does this fall into the the first category for you that like it is a yeah, it's reuse, but it is actually a really legit. Yeah, I um, think it's the first case. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a big thing that, you know, Zoocyte impersonated Sailor Moon. Mm. It's not mm. default Zoocyte. Like, I was horrified, yeah. I'll never forget. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the character did have an alternative look where they were not impersonating Sailor Moon. Um, but fine, mm. if you want to say, cool, you get a cheap reuse that gives you another villain or gives you a villain and gives you, you know, uh, an imposter, whatever. Fine, I'm okay with that. Um, I think... The issue I really have is more the price point, um, which, like I said, is, it's vaguely justified by it having been a con exclusive. But the other thing that's weird about that is, okay, well, you've gone and done basically the exact same figure. You've given us almost all of the same accessories. So, But I don't know that there's going to be a lot of people that bought this figure that didn't buy the original Sailor Moon, so I'm not sure, sure. that we needed yeah. all of those. But, yeah. 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 Good. So, in terms of unmade characters in the Sailor Moon universe, where, where do we stand? 
basically, um, the unmade characters would be all the villains. Um, huh. Okay. They, they've done um, all the Sailor Scouts already. They've done the super versions of the core um, Sailor Scouts. They've done Tuxedo Mask. So, realistically, we're... I think you could do tuxedo mask in a white tuxedo, which I think might have been his super look. Um, and other than that, it's really just villains. Um, but considering it's been, I think, years since we've had a new release of a villain, um, and it's been a while since we've had any new Sailor, Sailor uh, Scouts, I would assume we're done with this line. Hmm. Which is hmm. fine. Because honestly, I'm I'm kind of going. Yep, that's really all I need. It'd be nice to have more villains for him to face <laughs> off against in a diorama, but yeah, I'm happy with just having the sail scouts. Fair. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Adam. It is always interesting to uh, hear about these lines, and as usual, you've done a very comprehensive job. Uh, we will take a short break, and we'll come back with the final review for this episode. The signal goes out. The ferocious feline is on the prowl. It's Catwoman. But Bruce Wayne's custom coupe is loaded with surprises. Batman returns. What was that? It's Batman. Catwoman's trapped. But Batman's unstoppable. No, I'm not. Batman strikes back. Catwoman's in. Batman returns. Bruce Wayne figure included with custom coupe. Other figures sold separately. Well, welcome back, and we are raring to go on our third and final toy of the week. So, Mr. Scotty, take us away. Hello, and welcome. No, not welcome. What am I talking about? We're already here. I'm not welcoming you again. Okay, that one's already. I'm sorry. Welcome to my review. Everybody knows, if you've listened to the show at all, that I really love the DC Collectibles bombshell statues. And while there are no shortage of characters for that line to continue to produce, they are doing a clever job of revisiting some popular characters, but giving us versions that are worth buying, even if you have the original. And uh, I'm reviewing one of their deluxe statues tonight, which is the Batman and Catwoman statue, which came out last year uh, in 2018, and I picked it up this year in 2019 the catwoman original bombshell statue was one of my not favorites of the the line the catwoman bombshell design is like a socialite short black dress thing with cat glasses a little bit nondescript and her solo statue has her sitting in a a chair which on a stool which is it's really clever design but it just felt a bit well to me compared to some of the others in terms of really channeling a particular bombshell archetype. And so the deluxe statue with Batman is replacing the Catwoman solo statue on my shelf and being my Catwoman piece for the moment because it is much, much more awesome. This is a... Obviously, two character statue with Batman, with Catwoman, uh, kind of mid air almost, clutching onto Batman's cowl. And this is the bombshell version of Batman. And then kind of hugging his neck and 
plenty of kiss on his cheek. He's got a surprised hand up. She's got both feet in the air and she's dangling what I assume are the keys to the Batmobile over his head. And it is just uh, an inspired design. These statues, of course, are based on the designs of Aunt Lucia, a pinup artist, and Jack Matthews is the sculptor for this piece. It is about 11 inches tall. Packaging-wise, the this is the current standard DC Collectibles packaging with the, hey, let's be clever, and instead of having just a normal rectangular or square box, let's put one weird flat edge corner on the side, which um, I don't I understand. Surely that it makes it harder to produce, and it's weird. So that's fine. Is it, the, is it meant to tie in with like the folded corner DC logo? Like, is that meant to be some kind of weird brand synergy? You know, that's possible. And I, I just find it weird. I, whenever I see things like that, I'm like, wow, there were meetings about that. And they're like, what can we do to make it a bit different? I know, let's put a weird edge on everything that's going to make them just a little bit harder to stack and a little bit harder to, you know. Like it's yeah, it's going to cost. But that does nothing to diminish my enjoyment of this piece. I was, I'm really amazed by what we've seen lately with multi-character statues where they are all one they come as all one piece and that is the case here the base is obviously separate and this is the standard bombshell base which with like the manhole cover style the slightly annoying name tag on the front and then the batman and catwoman pieces are joined together there i kind of was thinking that they would be separate but they are not they are rather attached the literally and figuratively the the design here is amazing the way that you know, there's so much action in this pose the if we look at batman first of all his cape is uh, wind blown to the left so we've got that happening and the it's swept to one side uh, he's got his left arm kind of lifted with hand outstretched in surprise at you know being smooched i guess and then uh, catwoman is attached with hand and the arm around hand cl- clutching the front of his cape on the, the uh right hand side um with sorry, with her left hand and then the right hand arm outstretched with the keys that's how she's attached the legs are airborne she's got her pearl necklaces flying in the in the breeze as well on her neck so the the dynamism of this pose and the movement is just insane it's so fun to look at the uh the sculpt is outstanding the drapery on the cape and also on batman's gear because the bombshells version of batman has kind of the you know bummer look with parachute pants and and the pouches which is very appropriate kind of deal and the drapery on that is fantastic the uh even the the drapery on catwoman's uh, she's got like a bit of a scarf around her head uh, is really stunning. The creases in the her gloves because she has the 
gloves that go over the elbow and the creases in the bent elbow uh, really, really beautifully done. The, uh, the paint work on this also is exceptional. I- I'm assuming that these are painted separately and then attached. I cannot imagine how you would paint this all as uh, one piece. The, but you know, there's no, you know, there's no bleed. Uh, the, the, color choices are perfect the other thing that i really love about this is the tone of batman's cape it's quite a rich uh deeper sort of blue and there i'm not sure if there's a a wash through it but the shadowing on the inside of his cape is outstanding and really really beautiful to look at and then whereas batman is a lot of most of the paintwork on Batman is pretty matte. The Catwoman's bodysuit and gloves have just a little bit more of a gloss to them, so you get that even just difference in the figures in terms of the tones that are used there. It is really, really beautiful. The the keys that she's dangling over um, him, which have are actual tiny little keys. And uh, and then on the key ring, there is a little bat as well, which is, I think, meant to say, like, these are the, the Batmobile keys. So these sort of things, which actually we see on quite a number of these statues where they've got these little extra pieces that are tiny little moving parts. Uh, they are just f- fantastic touches that elevate these pieces to something that you you want to keep looking at. Um and uh, I can't say enough good things about this. I love this line. It is such an inspired thing. And it's great to see you know, the next set of characters, Death and Mary Shazam, don't get me started, uh, mm-hmm. You know, coming out. Su- super exciting. Uh, I've been very lucky with these two in that the uh, th- these are really easy to get. In Australia, you, know, you can generally get them through your local comic shop, but Zing Pop Culture carry these as well. Uh, so I did have a little bit of trouble tracking this one down because I just left it a bit late to pull the trigger. I, I really missed that it had actually come out, and by the time I realized, oh darn it, I don't, you know, have this, I, I managed to kind of snag, I think, one of the very last ones at, at Pop Culture. So I was very um, lucky, and I this is a ten dollars out of ten, and hmm. Love it. Even my wife liked this one. Cool. Now, having spent time looking at a few art galleries in the last few weeks, I'm aware that I have to ask questions about what the intentions of the artist are. So, <laughs> what I'm wondering... Are you trying to tell us that, that they're in love? What I'm trying to work out, though, is has she pickpocketed the Batmobile keys? Because there's a little loop hanging off of Batman's belt. That looks like it would be for hanging keys off of, but it's empty. Uh, yes. Oh, oh sorry. thank you so much. I forgot to mention that. If you look on the, um, the kind of his right hip, uh, first of all, just from a sculpting perspective, there's some really lovely detail with like a bit of a, um, some you know some rope and uh, pouches, and then just to the left of that, there is a tiny little hook that would be where your keys would hang so yeah i mean that that's 
I, th- I think the the idea here is, yep, she's pickpocketed them, um, and I don't think he know. That I think the idea is she's smooching him and stealing his keys at the same time, and he doesn't realize. Mm, I see. Very, <laughs> very dishonest behavior. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the whole, it's the whole uh, dynamic, isn't it? Mm. It's a, uh, it's fun, and I, I like this. You know, I, 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 I love the idea of a statue, a seated statue. I think that it just, there's just something missing from that first piece that really said, like, gave you the, hey, this is Catwoman, and not just this is a socialite, you know, um, with a, a a long cigarette sitting on a stool. And that whereas this captures that same feel in terms of the the bombshell Catwoman design, but you, you know, like, oh, it's Catwoman, you know, like, yeah. so I, th- I think that's what I, you know, really, really love about it. Hmm. It's so fun. I feel like if they're going to so, do another one in this line, they should really lean into kind of that bombshell thing and do, do some, and the, the cat theme, and do some kind of breakfast at Tiffany's themed thing with um, Selena as Holly Golightly and Bruce as Paul. Yeah, I mean, I th- and that I think is what her design is meant to be. Mm. Uh, based on it's kind of got that Audrey Hepburn feel to it, and I think it would be a, a fun thing to do. I, I would love to see an Aquaman and Mira uh, two-part statue because both of those designs I just love. I think that would be super fun. Yeah. But then maybe another, maybe a Power Girl and and Huntress, or you know, something. I think that doesn't all have to be Boy, Boy Girl. Yeah. And I like the two party bits, the two part <laughs> statues, two party bits. <laughs> you know the two. <laughs> oh, Adam, um, the two part statues. <laughs> so yeah, very, very, very fun. Well, okay, I give that a ten out of ten. I give this great chat we've had tonight a ten out of ten, and I give the sleep that I'm about to have a ten out of ten as well. It's been grand. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that review, Scott. And with that, we will wrap our episode. For those of you that, that want to get in touch with us, you want to suggest something about one of the reviews, call us out, tell us that Adam doesn't know what he's talking about, which is probably fair. Oh, um, that was a, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you've got so many options. Tuesday. Yeah, so many options for how to get in touch with us. There's uh, emailing us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can join us on the Facebook uh, Action Figure Blues Collector Community. You can visit the forum. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Um, slow sea turtles full of uh, gifts and toys are always welcome. Um, I'm sure oh, I'm missing nice, something, yeah. Scott. Any any other options? Um, look, smoke signals. Uh, you know, they, but, but environmentally friendly ones, please. Yep. Vape. Vape it. Oh, 100% vape us. Yep. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. They're good fun. And another shout out. Thanks so much to Chelsea from Gemma for joining us. And uh, go check out Gemma.com or um, search Gemma in your app store of choice. Yes. Excellent. Cool, man. I'm going to go to sleepy time now. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Good night, nerd. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. 
Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.